abruptly as we were in the presence of God, glorifying and magnifying his name. You know, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure and it's a blessing to be in the presence of God. I pray that all those who are watching online too have this experience of being in the presence of God. Every spiritual blessing is yours. Every spiritual blessing is yours. You know, Luke begins this gospel with the story of an angelic visitation in the temple. If you all know the gospel of Luke, you know, the angel Gabriel appears to the very old priest Zechariah and announces in his old age, he says that, your old barren wife will conceive and give birth to John the Baptist. And then he goes on to say that, you know, John the Baptist will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And by the time we come to Luke chapter 7, Jesus testifies in Luke chapter 7, verse 28, he says, I tell you among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Do you see this? Is there a contradiction in this statement? Jesus is making a statement here. Is there a contradiction here? No, not at all. There is no contradiction in the statement. You know, Jesus is not contradicting himself by saying that, I tell you among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Indeed, John the Baptist is great. No doubt about it. Indeed, he is the great. Has the last prophet in the old order of things he's the great but in the new order inaugurated by our lord jesus christ the least in the kingdom of god is greater than john the baptist hallelujah do you see that the least in the kingdom of god is greater than john the baptist what a great blessing it is for you and me. So as kingdom people, are you aware of the greatest blessing that God has for us? Are you aware? The spiritual blessings that we have, they are greater than what John the Baptist had. You know, for our benefit, you know, Apostle Paul has you know, given the answer in just in one sentence. Apostle Paul has given that in one sentence, he gives the answer. So let us rise to our feet for the scripture reading taken from the epistle to the Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Ephesians 1, chapter 3 to 14, the 12 verses that we are going to read is a single sentence in the original Greek. It is just a single sentence. You try to write a single sentence, right from verses 3 to verse 14, Paul wrote one single sentence. And that, you know, that shows what is, what was in his mind if he has to write that one single sentence. That's the answer to the question that we are seeking. Are we aware about the spiritual blessings? Paul begins at verse 3 and there is no full stop. Full stop comes at the end of verse 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless 
in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might, might be for the praise of his glory. Follow this verse. And you, you Gentiles, that is we, also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's position to the praise of his glory. This is God's word. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Above Father, it is too glorious, O Lord, even to fathom what you have kept for us. Open our hearts, O Lord, this morning. Renew our minds, O Lord. We may catch a glimpse of the glory that you have kept for us. Open, O Lord, speak to us this morning. Spirit of God, come. Come and minister to each one of us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be a sweet fragrance in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Kindly be seated. Imagine, Paul is sitting in that corner. He's in prison. He's chained, chained up. And he's writing this letter. You know, he says, I feel exceedingly blessed. Not sitting there, he says, I'm feeling exceedingly blessed. Sitting in a dungeon, sitting in a prison, you know, is, be, is, he has been handcuffed to a Roman soldier. And he says, I am being exceedingly blessed. And I want believers in Ephesians and in Amazing Grace Church in Bangalore to feel that you also are exceedingly blessed. And he begins his experience. He summarizes his blessing in just in one statement. He just begins like that. You know, in verse 3, he says, Praise be to the Lord and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let me clarify at the very outset that the blessing God gives us in Jesus Christ is more spiritual than material. Because we are the people of the new covenant. And if you have not come to that understanding that spiritual blessings are superior to material blessings, it is something like iron, and diamond. And now you see whether we are running after iron or whether we are running after diamond. Spiritual blessings are like diamond 
material blessings are like iron. You know, in the Old Testament days, when God promised blessings, they were largely material. No doubt about it. You know, we read that uh, particularly in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 to 14. If you read that, you find. But remember, this is the way the word of God says. You know, if you fully obey the Lord, if you fully, not little bit, fully obey the Lord, you will have many children, a good harvest, an abundance of cattle and sheep, and finally, God will make you the head and not the tail. We are all very familiar. God will make you the head and not the tail. But people don't try to explain the Bible completely. You know, you read after verse 14, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God, curses will come on you and overtake you. Nobody says that. Okay, that's, that's in the Bible. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ also promises his followers some material blessings. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying when you come to God, there's no material blessings. Jesus said, do not worry about food, you know, about drink, about your clothes. Your heavenly father will give you. But Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be given to you. I'm not denying that. Nevertheless, the distinctive blessings in the new covenant are spiritual. Mark my words. The distinctive blessings in the new covenant are spiritual, not material. You know, it is something like if blue color is the color code in the Old Testament, white color is the color code in the New Testament. I can even go and explain white collar, blue collar, but I'm not getting into that. I only wanted to tell you the distinctiveness. What you have in the Old Testament, it's like blue color. And what you have in the white New Testament is like white color. What are the blessings of the new covenant? New covenant is amazing. You know, in the new covenant, you have hunger for God's word. What are the blessings in the new covenant? It's not that I'll make you head and you will not be tail and you will have many children. You don't want many children. That's a different story. But in the new covenant, your hunger for God's word will be so deep. Okay. That's the new covenant. And your, in, your relationship with God will be so intimate. It will be more intimate than your relationship with your spouse. That's the blessings in the new covenant. And you will not feel even a little bit of fear and guilt. Those are the blessings in the new covenant. That's what the word of God says. If somebody says, no, God will give you a car, God will give you a house. He wants you to keep just at that level where you are seeking just iron. God is asking you to seek diamond that he has kept for you and me. Are you seeking iron or are you seeking diamond? Where you get to know God himself, the glory of God, the presence of God, the very relationship with God, God walking with you. Do you want that experience? And that is what is available to everyone in the kingdom of God. You know, John, uh, John Sung was a Chinese missionary. I strongly believe that a revival, world revival will break out only from China. Why I feel like that? The hunger they have. You know, John Sung was a uh, Chinese missionary who lived from 1901 to 1944. Uh, highly qualified person. He had a PhD in chemistry. Then he went to a theological college to pursue his uh, theological degree. And there they thought that this fellow is out of mind. In fact, they put him in an um, asylum for six months, uh, thinking that he's out of mind. In asylum, he was there for six months. In six months, he read the Bible for 40 times. 
from beginning till end. In six months, that is the hunger he had in six months. He didn't complete his theological degree. He left the States, came back to China. The first thing he did is he threw all his degree in the river. Except that PhD degree, he wanted to give it to his, show it to his father. Other, apart from that, everything he threw inside the river. Man prayed and prayed and prayed. And you read his life. You know, the hours he spent in prayer. Hours he spent in prayer. You know, this diamond doesn't come just by, you know, just, just reading two verses, the diamond. You don't find the diamond. If you want to find the diamond, come into the presence of God. Lock the door and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. I want you, O Lord. Take everything from me. You take everything. You strip me naked, but I want you. Do you have that hunger? That is the blessing that God wants to give you and me this morning. That is, that is where, you know, Paul says, sitting in the prison, he says, he didn't say, oh, you call the church and pray for my release. I have a great ministry ahead. He didn't say that. Pray for it so that I'll be released from the prison. What he says, I have an exceeding joy in God. I want you to also to know that. Whether you are in prison or whether you are on the mountaintop. This morning, some of you may feel that you are in that corner. And Paul says, don't think you are in the corner. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember who you are in Christ. Now we all know about Sadhu Sundar Singh. He lived from 1989 to 1929, just 40 years. I consider how useless I am. Just in 40 years, what he has done for God. You know, at the age of 15, he heard the voice, why, why do you persecute me? That's all he heard. Why do you persecute me? I have come and died for you. It changed his life. We have heard too often that Christ died for me. Christ died for me. We have heard it too often. Have you heard it in the deep depth of your heart? Have you heard that? In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, the spiritual blessings that we have, you know, we can summarize under three headings from this passage. The first one is chosen by the Father in the past. Chosen by the Father in the past. The second one is redeemed by the Son in the present. And the third one is sealed by the Spirit for the future. Have you ever thought about your life? Past, present, future. If you are only thinking about today in this world, you still don't know about yourself. Past, present, future. Let's look at these points one by one. Chosen by the Father in the past. You know, as a child of God, our life begins even before we were born. Shocking. It predates the date of birth. You know, we all are familiar with Jeremiah 1 5. We say that, you know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You know, we say that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. In fact, some of the versions will say, before I formed you in the womb, I chose you. This morning we sang, sang cho chosen and called. Before I formed you in the womb, I chose you. And this is what Paul states in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Before, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Let us be very clear. When God chose us, we were unholy and blameworthy and therefore Deserving, not adoption, but judgment. That is the time you chose us. When he chose us, 
we were unholy we were blameworthy therefore we were deserving not adoption but judgment and god chose us in him before the creation of the world so that we will be holy and blameless you know in god's plan of things he has to choose us first if you are talking about a religion you can choose in fact you can choose your god also that is your choice but when we are talking about god of the bible unless god has chosen us we can do nothing we need to understand this very clearly unless god has chosen us we can keep praying 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 unless he has chosen us we can do nothing we cannot move we cannot get it is that is the blessing that you and i have because he has moved first in your life even before you were conceived in your mother's womb hallelujah 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 if you really believe in your salvation remember he moved first he moved first even before you were formed even before your the heavens the earth was formed you were you know god has chosen you i i pray that you will oh you know your minds will open to understand this truth he has chosen us you are not an ordinary being you are not an ordinary being child of god you are not an ordinary person because he has moved first even before you are formed in your mother's womb you may find it difficult to accept it we are not following a religion not at all christianity is not a religion if you find it difficult to accept this let me draw your attention to few passages deuteronomy 7:6 the lord your god has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured possession israelites were not something great they were not something they became special because god chose them first god chose them not they were wonderful people and all it is god chose them and made them special you know in the according to the old testament god chose israel out of all the nations of the world to be his holy people according to the new testament god is choosing people from every nation tribe and language to be his people that's what's happening in the new testament you know jesus said in john 6:37 all those the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me i will never drive away if father does not give someone i cannot do anything jesus is telling all those the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me i will never drive away jesus said you did not choose me but i chose you you did not choose me but i chose you if god has to choose us first then the question is i know some of you are thinking then why do we pray for the salvation of unsaved family members or for the friends in the city why do we pray if god has to choose us first because when we pray we are acknowledging that god is in control we are acknowledging god unless you intervene in the life of this person nothing will happen that is the reason we pray the more we understand our salvation you know the first objective of the church is salvation and the more we understand salvation you realize sinners cannot come to christ unless god has chosen them first sinners cannot i know it sounds very some of you find it difficult to accept follow this carefully sinners cannot come to christ unless god has chosen to save them 
you know as you sit in the presence of god and as you contemplate what god has done you know the more closer you get to god you know what's happening you are surprised that god has chosen you you are surprised when you see his holiness and when you see your utter depravity you are surprised god has chosen you that is why we say amazing grace amazing grace we sing unless you come to that place are you surprised that you are a christian if you are not surprised you have not yet understood your salvation you have not understood the salvation you need to get closer to god to understand if you are not surprised you know god has chosen you when you were unholy and blameworthy has chosen you i pray that we will have that experience oh god oh god you have chosen me you know that's why paul says in verse 6 he says you know paul says to the praise of his glorious grace to the praise of his glorious grace you know he says praise you praise grace you know he's not saying praise god to the praise of his glorious grace now if we truly believe that god has chosen us even before the creation of the world then it should be reflected in the following three areas in our lives if we truly believe the first is it is the great motivation for evangelism god has chosen us first it doesn't mean that there is no motivation for evangelism that is the motivation for evangelism some people will say if god has chosen us even before the creation of the world then why do we evangelize if we need to read the bible completely not pick up one verse and say this is what the bible says you know in the in this passage while our salvation is attributed entirely to the will of god our own responsibility is also described so read that carefully in verse 13 then that we read and you also were included in christ you gentiles you people in amazing grace were also included in christ when you heard the message of truth when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation and when you believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised holy spirit god has chosen us first but you have your responsibility you heard the message of truth and you believed in it it is only through the preaching of the word that god saves people there is life in the word of god and it is it is in the gospel there is power and it is only through the preaching of the gospel people are saved so god uses evangelism to save his elect to save his chosen people god uses evangelism if god had not chosen anyone okay there would be no point in us trying to share the gospel if god has not chosen somebody there's no use going and sharing the gospel with that person it is useless because they are spiritually dead in salvation it is not good people become better dead people become alive have you realized you were dead when god chose you it is because dead people become alive if god doesn't intervene you do anything you want nothing will happen we were dead unholy blameworthy and god has chosen us that is why god has to choose us first we all were dead spiritually dead and that is why 
God has to choose us first. Otherwise, you preach and preach and preach. If God has not chosen anyone in that place, nothing will happen. It is not that there is no power in the message. God has not chosen anyone. But since God has chosen many, God has chosen many people. We share the gospel with everyone with the confidence, God will use me in saving this person. Do you understand that? You know, we don't know who God has chosen. We don't know. It could be the person who was sitting next to you, traveling with you, or the person who was working with you, or just the person from whom you're buying vegetables. You don't know whom God has chosen. When God gives you an opportunity, you share the gospel. You don't know. And when you share, and when they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, you realize it is not you saved them. God has already chosen them. And he gave you the privilege of sharing the gospel with that person. You and I just, we don't know who all have been chosen. But it is important that you and I know that we are chosen first. That is important. You know, if you still feel, if you can't understand, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 9 to 10. You listen to this carefully. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. What Paul, what God is saying. Keep sharing the gospel. Why? Do not be silent. For I am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city. I have already chosen many people in the city. You need to keep speaking. And it is through the message they will come to Christ. I pray that we understand our salvation. How great it is. Second, it humbles us because our salvation was entirely his gracious initiative. You know, if you are a saved person, it should humble you. If you are a truly, if you are a saved person, because it is God's grace, he has chosen you first. When you were unholy and blameworthy, God chose you first. The decision was made long before you were born. Some Christians feel they are superior. People walking inside the church sometimes, they show this attitude, they are superior. They are spiritually too powerful. They have not understood their salvation. It's purely God's grace that we have been saved. You know, in the, in the, in the Bible, there is no room for you and me to say, I am a good person. There is no room. Sinners saved by grace. There is no room for us to say that. I am not so bad like the other person. When you are dead, you are dead. There is no like this dead person is better than, than the other dead person. All are dead. Dead is dead. There is no classification. All are dead. And God made you alive. So how do you compare? You know, if you are a living person, you can say I am better than other person. If you are dead, all in the graveyard, how do you say I am better than the other person? So there is no room for pride in your Christian life. If there is little bit of pride, you have not understood your salvation. The third is, it encourages us to be more holy. Just because God has chosen us, he doesn't give us the freedom to live the way we want. Because if we understand the salvation rightly, we were chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. When he chose us, we were unholy and blameworthy. We were not good. We were dead. 
we were stinking. But stinking people he carry so that we will be holy and you know we'll be blameless. The word blameless, you know, in the Old Testament it is used for unblemished sacrifice. You want to read, go and read in the book of Leviticus how a lamb should be when they want to offer it as a sacrifice. It should be unblemished. It should have no defect. So God wants you and me to come to that place. To be holy and blameless in his sight. Do you want the spiritual blessing or do you want something else? What the world offers. Chosen by the father in the past. Is it precious to you? Does it move you? Chosen by the father in the past and redeemed by the son in the present. We have been chosen us to be his sons. He has chosen to unite us with the son by faith to enjoy his son's privileges. What are we running after? Every privilege that Jesus had, he wants you and me to have. Find out what were the privileges of Jesus and what was he seeking for? Jesus spent more time with his father than you and I can ever imagine. Those privileges are there for you and me and that is why he has adopted us. We enjoy the tender love of our Heavenly Father, carefully providing for our daily needs, forgiving our sins, protecting us from harm, disciplining us in the way we should go, and showering us with undeserved kindness. We enjoy our Father's Constant attention to our prayers. Why should he hear our prayers? Why? Because he's our father. We are his children. Because he is our father. And we are his children. We belong to the family of the triune God himself. What is your identity? Your job? Your pay packet? My identity comes from I belong to the triune family of God himself. That is my identity. When people ask the speculative question, which is very common, they ask, you know, why God went ahead with the creation when he knew it would be followed by the fall? Have you heard this question? Very common question. You know, we can answer. See, remember, we can only answer tentatively, yeah? Because we don't have all knowledge about God. He's infinite. He's big. Let's first understand our limitations. So, we can tentatively answer. God destined us for a higher dignity than even creation would grant us. God destined us for a higher dignity than even creation would grant us. Now you are children of God. You are sons and daughters of God. If, you, if it doesn't move, then we have not understood. He has given us a higher dignity. We are sons of God. You know, he intended to adopt us. He created us. And he intended to adopt us as his own children. In the Roman law, adopted children, they enjoy the same rights as natural children. So when you are talking about adoption, remember, adoption has privileges as well as responsibilities. What are the privileges? You know, in Ephesians 1, 7, 8, it says, In him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. In accordance 
with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. All our sins, you know, our thoughts, word, deed, whether past, present, or future, have been completely forgiven. Is it shocking? That is forgiveness. It doesn't give us freedom to commit more sins, but it makes us to stand in awe of God and it draws us, brings us to be more and more holy. Jesus Christ suffered the punishment. Salvation is important. How do you understand your salvation? How do you understand the forgiveness of sins? In him we have redemption through the forgiveness of sins. How do you understand that? You know, the best I could explain is from uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a doctor who became a preacher, who left his illustrious medical career at a very young age because of the call of God. And his illustration, I, I think, uh, which will help us understand. He says, you know, imagine I leave my house and... Um, I go somewhere. By the time I come back, uh, Pastor Sunny is in my house and he says that, Pastor, when you were not there, I cleared your debts. I may not appreciate that because I don't know what debts he has cleared. I don't, you know, I may be having debts, little debts or what he has done. So if I ask him what happened, he says, when you were not there, bank people came to evict you and to seal your house because you owe them 10 crore of rupees. And I cleared it. You don't have to pay me back. You know, God has paid your debts. What is that debt? What is that? How much? When you understand your utter depravity, that is where you appreciate God's forgiveness. If you understand I'm a good person, when you understand you are totally dead and there was no hope for you, but for the blood of Jesus, there was no hope for you but for the blood of Jesus. When unless you understand, we have never understood our salvation. It is the precious blood of Jesus. Do you want to waste it? Do you understand the cost of your salvation? What Christians are we? Not understanding the blood of Jesus. The price God paid. That is the forgiveness of sins. He has bought you. You were drowning. He came and rescued you. How dare we can take this so lightly? How dare? How dare? He has paid all our debts. Nothing against my name. Nothing against my name. Totally dead. My sin. If I were to tell my sins to my father, he will disown me. I know how much my parents loved me. And if I tell them, Dad, this is what I did and this is what I thought, they say, you're not my son. Get lost. You understand the sins. Do you understand your utter depravity and God, God has done for you? That's what he has done. 
He paid his price. He paid that. This is something I enjoy today. Today. Not after I die. Today I enjoy his forgiveness. None of you can blame me. Because he took all the blame. You know, you may disapprove me. It doesn't matter. He has approved. My father has approved me. You may criticize me. It doesn't matter. My father, he has embraced me. In my life, everything can break. My relationship can break. I can lose all money. I may not get a visa. But I know what God has done for me. He is my God. He has redeemed me. I am redeemed and forgiveness. What happens? How do you understand this? Don't be shocked. If you are a child of God, you will suffer. I'm not going to say that. If you are a child of God, come all your problems will go away. If you are a child of God, you will suffer. And it is biblical. Why suffer? We know Paul said, I wish I can go to that passage. One day we'll touch upon that. He said, I want to know the power of Christ. The resurrected power of Christ. I want to know Christ. The resurrected power of Christ. And what did he say? I want to share in his sufferings. I want to share in his sufferings. If you have not gone through sufferings, you have not yet known God. If you are coming to God so that you will be insulated from sufferings, you can go to some other God. Not to this God. This God wants to make you holy and blameless. He wants to make you unblemished. The children whom he loves, he'll put through the furnace of fire. As fire is to the gold, suffering is to God's people. As fire is to gold, what does fire does? It purifies gold. And suffering will purify you. Don't run away from suffering. It is in your suffering, God walks with you. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the fire, who was with them? Jesus was walking with them. It is in your suffering you understand the love of God. Do you want to experience the love of God? Be ready. Be ready. He'll put you on the death mat. To understand the love of God. And you know how great is this God. How great is this God? He will put you through failures. He will put you through people will accuse you. People will disown you. People will point a finger at you. That's what he went through. You are not going something greater than what he went through. He's your God. He's your God. You, if you want to experience the resurrected Jesus in your life, be ready. Be ready. Be ready for that suffering. And you experience his presence. The more he loves you. He puts you through that furnace. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. He is with me. You, you see him only in the sufferings. In your good times, you don't see him. It is only when you go through and when if you are a child of God, don't be surprised. Something strange is happening to you. Use the suffering to walk with God, to know him more and more. There is nothing glorious than that. Nothing more glorious than that. He disciplines us. He has not, he has not brought us from the slum area and he, doesn't, he wants to live in, a, in the same way we used to live in that slum. He wants to clothe us, clothe us with glory, with holiness. So if he has adopted you, don't expect 
that God will just leave you. If you care for your child, you will discipline the child. You will not allow the child to do whatever the child wants. You do things so that you are disciplined. God will do that. Finally, sealed by the Holy Spirit for the future. I'm not going to explain this much. We all know this. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of our salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. A seal was a mark of ownership and position. You know, in the Roman culture, the cattle and slaves were branded, the sealed. You know, you also, you would have seen on the road sometimes. Nowadays, you don't get to see that. The animals being sealed, it belongs to a particular person. Ownership and protection. So the, the word that Paul is using is, you were marked in with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the promise that we have. When we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, it assures us of constant protection. And also God's presence, ownership. We are no longer, we belong to ourselves. We belong to God. You know, it is like the birthmark. This seal is like the birthmark of God's people. When you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Hunger for the Holy Spirit. Hunger, hunger, hunger. Hunger asks, not that you were baptized once. Ask more, more, more of him. More of him. More of him. I want more of him. I want to overflow with him every day, every day. Ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know, you were chosen by the Father in the past. You are redeemed by the Son in the present. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit for the future. And let us imagine what happens with all the spiritual blessings. So when we arrive in heaven, what happens? God will welcome and we can imagine him saying I'm so glad to welcome you into my home at last for I chose you before I made the world I sent my son to die for you on the cross I arranged history to ensure your birth and steer your life I brought someone to explain the gospel to you and opened your eyes to recognize Jesus as your Savior and Lord. I carried you when you were weak and held on to you when you tried to run away. And now finally, I can welcome you into my home. It is so good to see you. I have loved you for such a very long time. That's all. That's our God. When we are transported, we sang, no? When we are transported, this is what happens. How do we apply this message? Are you aware of your place in God's great plan? Are you aware? You are not an accident in this place. You know, you have come to the city. Why have you come to the city? Let's be honest. You have come to the city to make money. If another city gives you more money, you leave the city. But I'm not saying that making money is wrong or sinful. But remember, you need to be careful in the city. What happens in the city? What happens in the IT companies? If you're not interacting, if you're not bringing the gospel into your world, you will not be able to grow in your spiritual life. In your company, they tell you your worth is your performance. You perform, then you are worth. If you don't perform, you have no worth. And you also tell yourself 
I'm not worth because they don't consider me for promotion. That's what the city says. That's what the city culture will say. You know, if you read, I don't know how many of you are interested in reading Michael Foucault, the great thinker of uh, 21st century. He talks about history. And if you read, he probably the highly quoted person in all academic world. Uh, you read and you will understand, very difficult to understand. He talks about history as part, civilization fall. How do you understand history? Minor incidents and try to understand. What he's talking is basically there is no continuity in history. He's talking about history, identity, ethics. Uh, you can read about that. Uh, especially young people should read that. In this city, what's happening? They are, you, they are told that, you know, you perform your worth. Otherwise, you have no significance. But, but, the history of the world is not random. You may have come to earn money here, but if you are a child of God, you have a place in God's plan. If you don't understand your place in God's kingdom, you will be dictated by what people tell you. You are good for nothing. Oh, you are very great. You are performing very well. There is no one like you. Your performance defines your identity. But when you are a child of God, every single thing that happens in your life has eternal purpose. Your suffering, your failures, your success, everything has a divine purpose. Divine purpose. Otherwise, the culture will brand you as a failure. Otherwise, the culture will say you're useless. You also feel at times, oh, I'm not good. Because this happened to me. So what it happens to me? So what? You have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. That defines your identity. So what? What happened to Jesus on the cross? We are not going to suffer more than him. Be careful. Are you in the kingdom of God? We should do. We should excel. We should do well. We should perform well. But primarily you are a child of God. In his hand. He. Are you a vessel in his hand? Or are you trying to mark a place for yourself? If you are a vessel in God's hand. You can face any failure, any disappointment, any accusation. You can fail. You may feel upset for a while, but it will not cripple you. So what if you don't get a visa? So what? So what? So what if you are rejected? So what your relationship breaks? So what? So what? I have been chosen before the creation of the world. You are not God. I am not God. So what if I have cancer? So what? So what? I may die. So what? So what? I have been bought. You know, before I was born, I was chosen. And I have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. I know when I leave, I'm going to live with him forever and ever. Ever and ever. So what? So what? In this little time. So what? You have been chosen by the Father in the present. You have been redeemed. If it's only if the blood is cheap for you, you run after that iron. Material blessings are like iron. You run after that. You hold on to that. Soon it will rust. Iron will rust. It will rust. Soon it will rust. You run after the things of the world. Diamond is what is kept for you. Run after diamond. Ask for diamond. That's what God has kept for you. He is beautifully weaving your life. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you are undergoing. But I know one thing. In God's hand, nothing is in vain. In his economy, nothing goes waste. 
all our failures, all our sickness, everything, God uses it to weave us beautifully, wonderfully, in an intricate design it is. I cannot see it. He's the weaver. He can see the design. I see only one side. When he completes my life, I know it will be more beautiful. Beautiful. Excellent. Are you aware of your place in God's great plan? You have been chosen and brought to this place because God is moving in this place. Do you understand that? God is moving in the city of Bangalore and he has chosen you to be his instruments. Don't focus your life. You are not an ATM. Money vending machine. You are not that. You are much more than that. Don't make yourself. You know, whenever there is materialism, there is smugness. It happened in the time of King Uzziah, Isaiah chapter 6. And they were prospering till King Azariah from Assyria came and attacked. And then God intervened. God is in control. He reigns forever and ever. Didn't we sing this morning? He reigns forever and ever. Is he reigning over you? Or you are running after something else? Or you are saying, Lord, my life is in your hand. Take my time. Take my treasure. Take my talents. I am yours. I am sold out to you. What happens in religion? In religion, you come to God to get things. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want healing. You know, Sadhu Sundar Singh, I told you about Sadhu Sundar Singh. You read about him. You know, healing was manifest in his ministry. There were spectacular healings, but he stopped doing that because he said, if I do this, people will come for healing. Read about his life. 40 years he lived. You know, he took many trips to Tibet at the cost of his life. Healing was evident in his ministry. We would have said, God is using me powerfully. He said, no, 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 no. no. People will come running up for healing. I don't want people to come running for healing. I want them to come for Jesus. In religion, you go after things. You go to God because I want healing. I want blessing. I want promotion. I want every material things. But when you understand your salvation, Lord, I want you. I want you. You keep everything to yourself. I want you. I want you. I don't want this ministry. I don't want this job. You want every, whatever you want, you keep it. But I want you. Will you hold on to his feet like Mary held on to his, fear, his feet? Or are you like busy like Martha? Are you aware of your place in God's great plan? What happens then? Worship your God with your whole life. Do you worship God in your workplace? Or is it only for the sake of making money? When you cook, do you worship God? As you sit in front of the laptop, do you worship God? Whole life, whole life. When, I, when I'm preparing this sermon, am I worshipping God? When I sleep, am I worshipping God? When I get up, am I worshipping God? Whether you are riding on the highest peaks of joy and success, are walking through the darkest valley of pain and failure, Christians can always sing, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Christians can always sing in your pain or in your pleasure. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us 
in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Run after diamond. Don't run after iron. Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry? Will you cry out to God and say, fill me with the Holy Spirit? Open my eyes that I may see you. Shall we bow our heads and look to God, asking God, come Lord, come and fill me this morning. Fill me with the Spirit, O Lord. Open our eyes. Shall we sustain in prayer as a church and pray for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Wherever you are, would you lift your hands and pray? 